Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. Thank you very much for downloading. I'm Mike. I'm Al. I'm Anton. Yes, and we're all working remotely and, uh, well, part of that is because sometimes we have to, but also part of that is because we are in the midst of a coronavirus outbreak which has caused all sorts of problems for many, many people and obviously it's a very serious issue so everyone's doing what they can. So I suspect for the next while, I I don't know yet, but I suspect we'll probably, Alistair, be in separate rooms. I suspect so. I'm officially on lockdown at the moment because I decided I had a very small cough on Friday and my company said, go home, I don't want to see you for a week. So, uh, yeah, I suspect we won't be seeing each other for a while. Yeah. Oh, that's By like the way, a, cough the is gone. Feel trick. fine. <laughs> cough is gone. Sorry, Anton, what were you going to say? That's a that's a wonderful trick, just kind of being like, ah, I feel like working from home. This, uh, this chair's not the greatest. Uh, just give everybody a little bit of a frighten and then uh, often you've got your laptop in your bed. It's, it sounds like the plan. Yeah, and your Nintendo Switch in hand. Um, it has been a busy week in terms of uh, Switch stuff, only because, well, we, we had lots of direct rumours and things um, due to one sort of leaked announcement that kind of we think is happening. But we'll come on to that a bit later. But what about yourselves? Obviously, I was away on holiday. I'll tell you what I was playing um, in a minute. But Anton, what have you been playing this week? Oh, I have been sacrilegious. Um, I am on my second game of my Master Chief Halo playthrough so uh, oh. I've not picked up the Switch too much. I played a little bit of the first Doom, uh, but very much just uh, shooty gun games uh, and being a sinner. But uh, you've been less of a sinner yourself, Al, I imagine. You'd think, but no, I've been sitting quite a lot as well. I have played a bit of Mario Rabbids. As anyone, as any of our patrons might have noticed, I have been on the Switch a bit playing Mario Rabbids, but I spent most of my week playing Two Point Hospital on the PC. And I love that. I am so hooked. So interestingly, my other half has been playing Two Point Hospital on the Switch um, and we were discussing her bizarre method of the Switch. She said she was going to come on and explain it but I'll do it for her because uh, she decided she wasn't going to in the end. But basically uh, what she does is she plays a game and uh, finishes it to the point where it's like squeezing all the juice out of a lemon so there's nothing left to do on it um, and then she deletes it so that there's no trace of it on her Switch and then starts another one. So she's only ever got one game showing on her Nintendo really? Switch. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing, but that's just her kind of organisational thing I that she does. So um, does she's that. been playing Two Point Hospital uh, and she's, I mean, she she played Theme Hospital. Well, she was playing Theme Hospital this year. So um, she, it's not like it's a huge change. And um, What she can't understand, much like me with uh, 911 Operator where I struggle, she can't understand people struggling with it but that's probably because she's got lots of practice with playing Theme Hospital and she just knows exactly what she's doing. Um, but she was on some forums today and people were like, oh, you know, I keep having problems and bankruptcy. And she's just like, no, just do it properly. She's getting annoyed about it. So <laughs> oh, what about I, you, I Alistair? How have you got then. on with it? Uh, I think I'm on Hospital 5, maybe Hospital 6, something like that. And so far it's been going okay. I've got to be very patient because it takes me a long time to get there. <laughs> I, I used to play these games a lot as a kid. So I think I kind of know what I'm doing. But I know that in the past I used to get a point in the game where I couldn't get any further because I just got too frustrated. And I suspect that point is coming soon in Two Point Hospital. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Anton, I what about that, you? I think the interesting uh, 
Al, you, you mentioned you've been playing on PC. Was there anything that swayed you away from the Switch or just get a good deal? Ah, uh, no. See, I can't remember who told me about this, but someone was speaking about the Xbox Game Pass for PC. So for a month, it's £1 to play all the Xbox Game Pass games. So I paid my pound and I'm playing it on there. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. Um, if you've got that... I'd recommend giving the Outer Worlds a wee taste before it comes to the Switch. Uh, I'm it's very like Trail Games now. It's like the extended demo. Well, I guess I should be interested to see if it works. I downloaded uh, Forza Horizon 4 uh, yesterday. Started going to play it today and I went, oh, your graphics card is far too old to play this. Don't even think about it. So I don't know which games would run and which games wouldn't run. Mm, yes. Yeah, uh, Problem with PC gaming. A... Switch, you pick it up and you can just play. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, the dream of the, the xCloud game streaming and hopefully we get on Switch one day. Yeah, there's no doubt about the price point is often a problem for um, us Switch players. I mean, I um, with that one, I suppose on, on the plus side with Two Point Hospital, you're getting your um, uh, the DLCs and things as well. And obviously it's on the go, so if that's the way you play, that's very useful. Um, but uh, yeah, it is, it's, it's sometimes an issue. I'll tell you what I was playing though, which I did get on a great deal on the Switch for about four quid, was Child of Light. So I played that when I was away, uh, finished it, uh, really enjoyed it, thoroughly recommend it. If uh, you managed to pick that up in the sale, I know a couple of people on our, uh, a couple of our Patreon supporters did. Um, so play that. But if you, if you like a kind of um, an RPG, but a bit lighter on, kind of just the intensity of it. it's about 12 hours long um which is good and it's also got a really cool battle system i really love the battle system in terms of turn-based i think it's really cool it's one of the more unusual ones but have a go at that and then since then i've started playing ease 8 uh lacrimosa lacrimosa of dana which is i've really enjoyed so far but early days so i think it's like a 60 hour game so i'm just still at the i'm making my camp and meeting people and and finding survivors from my ship and things so very early on but i think i'm going to quite enjoy that and then probably do something completely different like try and actually play 911 operator properly i think is probably on the list but um but yeah so i've been quite busy i was away on holiday in spain thankfully got back about a day before um everything got to the point where I wouldn't have been home uh, and then there wouldn't have been a podcast for a while because I would have been stuck um, but uh, yeah the switch was great because we were trying Alistair not to do too much in terms of you know going out in the evenings and you know being in big crowded areas just to, just preca- precaution I guess more than anything and um so there was plenty of time to play the switch and it was lovely weather so it was really good sounds blissful uh, sitting there with a switch and a margarita I can think of yeah. far worse ways of spending your day absolutely see um, that's like how i end up like spending half the holidays and then i regret it so i imagine having like an excuse to allow yourself to just like get through that backlog just chill out that that sounds like a dream and all honestly and one of the games that i loved playing when we were away because there was two of us was trivial pursuit so um i recommend it it's really good fun if you just want a <laughs> quiz game that's uh, we've played it endlessly in fact just before we started recording i played two rounds of trivial pursuit just there um and it's great fun if you've got someone else in the house and you just want a quiz game that's actually really well done it's great i don't think i've had a repeat question and i think we've been playing for about 10 hours um which is incredible so that um, is impressive i mean if you even had a pack of cards you went out and bought the actual proper physical game you'd probably run out of cards pretty quickly yeah it's uh, it's really good and um i got it you could pick up in the sale for about six uh, pounds at some point i don't think it's still on sale but check it out it might well be uh, but i got a physical version of that uh, with monopoly and risk for i don't know 18 19 pounds or something at some point so well worth it for that game alone to be honest but the other ones as well uh, decent titles um just a quick 
reminder before we get started for real of course if you are new to the podcast you can find out more about us and our Patreon which is for people that want extra content Anton where do you go for all that? Indeed if you want to find out more about everything we do if you head over to our lovely website at nsukp.co.uk you can go over there and you can find out about our two tiers of Patreon the NES and SNES tier uh, and all the bonuses you get, such as a prequel, uh, our little wee retro show that we do every second weekish, and uh, roundup, and our Kelpo show, uh, Last Call, which is, uh, I think, a lot of fun. I really enjoy Last Call. Well, it, it works out at roughly eight extra podcasts you get a month if you're a SNES supporter, which is uh, pretty good if you if you enjoy the the content and you're a Nintendo Switch fan or owner, then it's well worth checking out at nsukp.co.uk, as you said. Uh, I think we should move on, though, and get moving with this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. So, first of all, uh, oh, this is when they when you get studio names and you never know how to pronounce them. But I think this is Precy. Precy Studios have reannounced Nocturne after being announced three years ago. It's a story-driven rhythm RPG set in a dystopian future where humanity is extinct but live on a digital utopian afterlife where people abandon their corporeal forms in favour of an external existence. Coming out 2023. I mean, that is advance warning, Anton. Indeed. Uh, They've recently put out an early access alpha for the first chapter on Steam. And in my opinion, I think this game looks fairly solid. It has a very kind of pixely kind of indie aesthetic, but they've seemingly pushed it incredibly far. Have any of you had a chance to give this game a wee gander? It's very hard to find proper information about this one, I think. I think there's a bit of a lack of... um, Maybe it's because it's so far ahead and it's just an announcement at this stage, but I have found it quite hard just kind of getting my head around it and I was getting confused with some other titles. One of the Shin Megami Tensei games, I think, was was mentioned. It's got a similar title. What about yourself, Alistair? I'm in the same camp as you, Mike. I was really struggling to find anything on this. Yeah. Ah, see, I've managed to track down and I've watched a trailer of the prelude chapter that's currently out uh, for early access on Steam. And it's very bizarre. It has a lot of elements at play and uh, I like everything that's going on, but it's still very much like, how does this link up? It has uh, elements where I think the combat or the interactions or something is like based on Guitar Hero with multiple difficulty levels and it has that kind of... Uh, tiles coming at you and then it has a kind of top-down overworld where you go around and chat to people in this afterlife i believe it is and then some bits look more dystopian so i don't know if you jump between the two uh mm. nevertheless looks to be a very ambitious title considering how long it's been in production and how long it's yet to go yeah it's ex- it's exciting when you see i don't have a problem with seeing a game that has a very long um release date from the point where they announce it because for me that says they're they're planning to put proper time into this to make sure it's the best product it can be. And I guess that's what we all want from games. So, yeah, It is, but I don't know why they would announce it so far in advance. It really doesn't make any sense to me releasing something that's, that's so far away that people are effectively either going to forget about it or get bored by it by the time it actually comes to release. Mm. You'd think they'd be better just calling it back and close to the time doing the release. <laughs> Could it be more to do with them trying to gauge interest for funding or maybe getting other, um, you know, publishers on board to help with certain aspects of it? Is it more of an awareness thing for them to sort of say, hey, we're doing this 
um, were in development? Or is it more the staggered approach that Anton mentioned? You said that they were going to be releasing a kind of pre-chapter type thing and maybe it's more of a lead-in and then the full game will be available in 2023, Anton? Yeah, possibly, because that was the, the thing I was kind of wondering. It looks to be like a, a one-man army sort of approach to this and it's it's not easy getting funding for just six years of your life for uh, an ob- unestablished creator. So I very much think... Um, it's either kind of a case of putting out the demo now and making sure the kind of core building block combat world building sort of stuff is sound and secondly maybe trying to get somebody to publish it because i think it is public like it's on a level that it could get like a double fine or somebody behind it um mm-hmm. but very much very peculiar that it has been announced so early yeah, and especially think- to re-announce it that yeah. seems odd I think it is purely, I mean, I think it's probably down to the fact that they're a small outfit and they're looking for that bit of support and also from consumers as well. Because if you can get people on site early on, um, Alistair, people who are kind of, you know, interested in the idea of it. Yes, it's a long lead in. But then look what, you know, this, for example, the, the Spectrum Next, which I ordered three years ago on Kickstarter. I got it delivered while I was away on holiday, by the way. We'll talk about that later <laughs> on the last call pad- podcast. But that's three years. And I was still interested enough because I really supported it. And the excitement now is ramped up massively because I finally got it. So is it's maybe more that rather than, you know, maybe it's not the best thing to do generally for a game. But maybe in a, a situation where it is a small outfit, it, there's some sense behind it. Not convinced, but we'll move on to the next announcement this week. And that is that Tanuki Creative Studios have announced a game called Jitsu Squad. It's a co-op brawler where you play as a colourful animal or colourful animals. And they're aiming for a release date of March 2021. So a year to go. And they're aiming for £45,000 on Kickstarter. Um, I quite like the look of this one, Alistair. I thought it was very colourful and looked quite fun. And I'm always up for any co-op action anyway. Co-op is great, colourful is great, fun is great. Uh, they're about, well, at the time of doing this, they've reached £12,500, uh, so they're they're creeping towards it. Um, I, I'm interested to see if they actually reach their funding goals for this. I have a sneaking suspicion they might not. It doesn't look different enough that it's going yeah. to um, warrant a flood of people going, yep, let's fund this. That's my personal opinion. Well, Anton, the problem, of course, they've got is that you've got things like Brawlhalla that's free and then you've got your Smash community and obviously they're slightly different. But I mean, you know, is it difficult to get this without there being a unique enough selling point? Yeah, it's definitely up against some very steep competition. And and I think especially since I think, am I correct in saying Street Fighter 4 still got some funding going on around it, even though it's approaching release? I think so, Um, yeah. I feel like if anybody was wanting to add something to their wish list, that would just outskin this any day of the week, sadly. Um, yeah. Although, I won't lie, if it was out and really cheap, I would be curious if I go, because it does look incredibly fun and uh, kind of engaging, at least. But uh, in terms of a Kickstarter, um, you do really need a, a gimmick or a name or something to kind of push over the line a little. Yeah. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. But we'll keep an eye on it. And um, obviously, we hope they do reach their target. That would be fantastic because then it proves that there's an audience for it as well. Uh, next up, uh, so, so Dexo or Sodseco have announced Truck Driver. Uh, it's a oh, new I'm truck proud driving. Of that pronunciation. 
Oh, I would. Well, it was a very big uh, guess. Stab in the dark with that one, I think. Uh, it's a new truck driving simulator coming out both physically and digitally. Anton, I've had a look at this. Um, and, and the reason I'm coming to you is because it seems like the kind of game that you'll play. Um, <laughs> but I actually think this looks pretty solid. Indeed. I'm, I'm very uh, excited and sceptical of this game. Um, when I heard of it, I was really expecting a very kind of cheap Euro truck simulator. But actually looking at the trailer, I struggled to see where the edges have been cut. Um, obviously, Euro Truck's been in development for six years and has procedural content. So uh, that's such a, a massive game to go up against. But from a, a new edition in the genre, uh, I was like fairly kind of convinced by it. Um, obviously, I'm like the probably the most simulator-ish person in the group, I imagine. But does yeah. this have anything that appeals to yourselves? Alistair, what about you? Well, I mean, I've played Euro Truck Simulator. I have it on the PC somewhere. Um, and I like the idea of it, but it's something that I've never really gone back to do. And I suspect, given my limited gaming time available with the Switch, it's probably not something I'll pick up. But I appreciate the fact it's out there. And actually, I also appreciate the fact there's a whole lot of updates coming to it and they've only just announced it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind mm. of similar to you, Alistair. I mean, I think I probably would like to give this a go. I don't think I'd go out and buy it because much like you, I'd, I would rather spend my gaming time on other things. Um but I would definitely like to have a go at this. And I can tell, it's fun. When I first was told about this, my brother's a big truck simulator type. You know, he plays a lot of simulators. And I, I didn't really get it at first. I was like, why would you want to do that? But then after a little bit of time, just kind of looking at it and researching them a bit, I thought, you know what? I, to- I do get this. And I can completely understand, you know, why this would work for some people. And I think... Um, I would like to have a go. I'd like to give it a go. And my biggest worry is that I like it too much and then my all my gaming just becomes me driving a truck, which would be kind of pointless. <laughs> but but it does look good. I'm assuming that you're um, going to keep an eye on this one, Anton. Absolutely. I think what I'm very particularly keen about this game is I feel like there's when it comes down to these simulators, there's two kind of people that really get into them, uh, especially the Euro Truck and American Truck Simulator ones, where because it's very much drive for an hour of real time in a particular direction uh nothing much happens i there's a very big portion of the community that can play it as more so a zen game like it's just something you casually play at the end of the night you maybe listen to a podcast or do something like that and then you've got the other half that will which i've slowly transformed into where it's like have the vr set up have the the wheel the pedals and it's like as a whole faff that you can't really set up so having a, a simpler kind of truck simulator that you could kind of play on the switch you could play it like in bed like a half hour before you go to bed that sounds fun to me that that sounds yeah like that's nice how i would play it i mean i don't think i would go too far with it because i wouldn't have the time but um i could understand why you would play it that way um you know, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I can get that. Uh, but probably not going to be on my buy list, but I will. I'm looking forward to maybe having a go if uh, if Anton does buy it. We'll maybe see if we can borrow it at some point. Uh, next up, Rat, uh, Laika Games have done a showcase presentation and they've actually announced not one, but seven visual novels. Um, these include Long Live the Queen HD, which is a game about raising a queen where everything is out for your death. Blind Men, about a retired supervillain tries to apply to join the League of Supervillains. Uh, Syrup and the Ultimate Sweet, which is out now. It's a candy alchemist who accidentally finds candy uh, and you've got to get to the bottom of the mystery. Uh, Angels with Scaly Wings, where you visit an island inhabited by intelligent dragons. 
as the ambassador of humans. A summer with the Shiba Inu play as a Shiba Inu dog with PTSD <laughs> and try to make friends. This is ridiculous. And find your brother while fighting other doggos. Uh, Tales of Aravorn, Seasons of the Wolf, which is a game about siblings looking for a wolf and journeying along the world of Aravorn featuring RPG elements and Jisei, or Jisai, the first case which is in, in HD, which is a teenager who is accused of murder and must prove it wasn't them. Um, quite a varied amount of um, uh, sort of storylines there, uh, Anton. And Indeed. As the visual novel kind of player, I mean, not really, I've only played a couple, but as the person that's maybe the most interested in them, I did have a look at these. Um, I think if they're not too long, that I would probably be keen. The reason being, I don't think there is amazing in terms of the way they look or play as some of the big J Japanese visual novels that I've seen in the past, but um, they look quite interesting. So if there were shorter stories, I would probably be keen. Um, but what's your thoughts on it? You know, I, I'm very much in a similar way. When I saw these, I felt with how kind of off the, the edge, kind of wild ideas they would be. They would make a wonderful collection. But outside of it, I very much agree they're kind of almost... Uh, standardized economy like uh, and the, the similarities and the simplicity of it but I, I must give them credit as somebody who uh, is not big into visual novels and they kind of a lot of them look very similar they've done a great job of kind of making unique ones which I think could be a nice segue into the genre it's like oh it's not a generic visual novel about some anime people in high school it's a uh, about a dinosaur island and you're the ambassador for humans or you play yeah. as a, a dog and that dog one looks fantastic but it does look fun <laughs> yeah what are uh, you Alistair? I've got to say I mean visual novels they're just not my thing to be fair I've never tried them so they might be my thing but I I just yeah I'm quite happy not getting into them I don't want my life to be sucked up by them I've got enough to do enough to suck think, in my life as, as it is <laughs> and I think if you're going to play a visual novel if you know if you, if you wanted to have that experience I you know, with all respect to these games, I don't think that's the epitome of visual novels in terms of the presentation. I think the, the storylines look really good, good and I think that if they're well done, it might be enough to persuade people who like visual novels to check them out. But I'm kind of with Anton then that I think, you know, they are kind of slightly budget looking, like almost like they could be mobile ports, you know, that kind of level, I think. And I think when you see the likes of Steins Gate, which, I, you know, you talk, I know I talk about a lot, but it, it is kind of up the top end of visual novels. And I think it's not quite the same thing, but um, it's cool and definitely something that... Um, I would like to hear more about. I'd like to see what kind of reviews it gets, Anton. Absolutely. And I, I must say, if you, um, any of those titles catch your eye, the direct is only about six, seven minutes. So it's very rapid fire. And it's a, a fun way to get introduced to a lot of these games. And even as just a, a video, I think it's entertaining enough to kind of see what's going on on the, the world of the Switch, shall yeah. we say. Absolutely. Next up, Studio Klondike have announced ne uh, Neko Jishi, Lin and Partners, which is a character-driven RPG with debate-based combat based on world, feature, animals and humans. There's a Kickstarter which has already met its goals um, and it's aiming for a release in 2021. Uh, I did take a look at this and it has a really, really good voiceover, uh, Anton. I think it's it's almost movie quality, the, the voiceover, and it's lovely and really well done. And that alone almost made me kind of go, yeah, I'm interested in this. 
Yeah, it almost looks like a game that's uh, a little bit like it wouldn't need uh, a Kickstarter, the kind of quality and the, the tier they went for. Um, it's basically in a world where you've got both animals and humans living alongside each other. Uh, there's an ice cream van. I don't know if you can hear that. I'm sorry. Uh, but nonetheless... Um, <laughs> I thought there was an ice cream van in the game. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's uh, the ambience of the podcast now. Um, Absolutely. But nonetheless, yeah, you are basically as part of an old architecture firm there's some family followings out and then you can help navigate the dialogue trees via debate based combat so it's kind of still very much moving the story forward via dialogue but they've made dialogue gameplay which is i think the the innovative feat it is it's taking a visual novel element but combining it with rpg um, and it's got me interested i'm not sure if it's again going to be a day one thing um but it's definitely got something there's a game that just got released last week which we talked about already which gives me similar vibes slightly different um look to it but in that kind of combining story driven stuff with some other aspects and that's the half past fate uh or ha- is it half past is that what it's called half past fate yeah the yeah. the dating Sorry. one the dating one with kind of more of a um stardew valley kind of look to it that kind of vibe um and it's been really well reviewed and people are actually saying no this is actually a game that is well worth checking out in its own right and i wonder if this could do something similar people might want to check this out even if they're not really a visual novel person or not so much an rpg person because it does combine a couple of interesting aspects uh alistair what did you make of the trailer well despite me earlier on saying that i wasn't particularly interested in visual novels this one actually does look like it would pique my interest so it's already yeah. reached its pledged goal so it's, it's it's happening um and it's it's really i don't know don't know how to describe it the the visual aspect of it, just the way the game looks, has has gripped me. It's, it reminds me of playing, and I know the gameplay is entirely different, but it reminds me of playing Mystical Ninja, just the way it looks. For way, way, way back when, back in the, probably on the SNES days, I think. Um, so this is obviously much more advanced, but the characterization, the art style is all really, really familiar. Uh, and this dialogue-based um, battle, for want of a better word, well, it's, I think that's innovative. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. There's um oh sir it's, uh what's the sir um the, the one with the posh uh voices going the oh sir simulator or something like that where you throw back insults at each other that you can get for about a couple of quid <laughs> um that's that's one title that it does that kind of idea but not like this this is like combining it into a full game um it's great i i think it's a really cool idea and and as i said if you get a chance to listen to the trailer with the sound on you'll be shocked at how well produced and how good uh voiceover it is it feels like the 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 voiceover reminds me of the wonder years on the telly from years ago the guy that's talking it's that kind of like um, if you don't know what the Wonder Years are, then it it'll won't mean anything to you. But it, it's just got that really kind of old school voiceover thing going on. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, um, my interest will come down to price. So at the moment, if you want yeah. to back it on um, Kickstarter for the Switch level, I think it's around about £18, which isn't okay. too that's, bad. That's, that's, actually, that's all, right. all right. That's not bad. Yeah, I think uh, especially for the overworld software, again, it, as you say, it kind of looks really good. It's uh, very much like Wind Waker, Wind Waker cel-shadedness from a top-down perspective uh, kind of almost a yeah. tourist sort of angle and i think with that kind of impressive look could get some people through the door yeah well we'll watch that one with interest next up numskull games have announced holy potatoes compendium it's a collection which includes holy potatoes what the hell holy potatoes we're in space or sorry we're in space 
holy potatoes, <laughs> what the hell? Because literally it has an exclamation mark and a question mark. Holy potatoes, a weapon shop. Uh, the collection will be available physically. These are all the games that are included with it. Um, I love the titles of these games, Alistair. They're a little budgety looking, though. They're a bit budgy looking, but there's something charming about them at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been looking at the, the existing games on sort of Steam and the various platforms you can get them on, and um, they're they're certainly different. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, when I was looking at this, usually when we get these collections of indie games, it's like a fantastic way of getting physical indie games on Switch without an incredible markup. But even in this case with the free games, I'm like, it would be... Uh, Scraping up to a £20 budget would even be a, a little bit much. But uh, they do have a little bit of charm to them, which uh, they've managed to make it to free sequels. So, got to give them that. Yeah, yeah, there must be some interest in them. But you can uh, you can keep an eye on that. It's Numskull Games. They've announced that one. And it will be a physical collection as well. So, one for the collection. Next up, uh, NIS America have announced Prinny 1. Is it Prinny 1 and 2 or is it 1.2? 1, 1 and uh, 2. One and two. Exploded and Reloaded, a platforming spin-off to the Disgaea game, or Disgaea, uh, game which is a famous title. But it's coming out in autumn 2020. Um, quite an interesting, uh, again, charming look to this kind of platform uh, kind of game, Anton. And it's it's got um, something about it, uh, it, even just the fact that the angle kind of changes and it goes from that kind of side-on-side scrolling thing to a more um, sort of 3D aspects you know so our, our isometric aspects more likely I think. indeed there it was originally uh, two playstation portable games and it very much has that uh we're doing a P- 2d game on the psp but we're kind of trying to make it look a little bit fancier because we're not entirely comfortable doing 2d platformers so <laughs> so uh but outside of that um i'm very interested in this obviously the sky franchise has had five plus maybe six sequels and uh the RPGs are very beloved, but I don't know about yourselves. I've tried the, the demo for the fifth one, and it's always been like, what's going on? There's tons of talking. I don't know these characters. But this one, I feel yeah. like, would be a nice... I, I've been saying this a lot, but a good foot in the door if the gameplay is good. Um, I, I don't yeah. recall how well the original PSP titles were regarded, but uh, fingers crossed that yeah. it's something worth looking at. Yeah, I think it looks quite solid as a kind of you know, it does remind me of a, a PSP I can imagine that being a PSP title originally um, Alistair yeah, what's your thoughts on it? Well it's tickling my nostalgia bone I mean I had a PSP but I was completely unaware of this franchise because I didn't actually pay much attention to the PSP even when I had it um, yeah. but this one does look, yeah it, t- it tickles the nostalgia bone, that's the best way I can put it it just looks familiar and it's drawn me in but will probably never buy it. Mm, I find it interesting yeah. Alistair, I felt the same way, it kind of has that not to discredit the, the effort and quality that's went into it, but it kind of has that ugly Abe's Odyssey kind of vibe to it, where it's, it's not pretty, but at the same time, it's got that kind of quality to its ugliness. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can understand where you're coming from with that. Uh, next up, we've got a game which I've got a bit of interest in this one, only because it's given me slight Rocket League vibes, and that's uh, Ubisoft have announced Roller Champions. It's coming out on the Switch in 2020, so at some point... Um, uh, Anton, this one, I mean, I think uh, the Rocket League thing comes from the arenas that they're in. I think it just looks very, very Rocket League, and obviously I don't really know how Roller Derby 
type games work because I've never done that in real life. But um, it does look kind of fun. Yeah, like they've uh, went full out the the sport and the arena and everything's from scratch. It's their own sport. And it's seemingly, kind of, you've basically got a, a room filled with kind of skateboarding half pipes. You've got a, everybody's on rollerblades and I think you're throwing frisbees. Looks incredibly mm-hmm. high budget, and uh, I think that's the fortunate thing about it coming to Switch because uh, I would have not been surprised if I had missed it. Because originally, when they had announced it back in June last year, we never had consoles confirmed for it. But overall, triple Ubisoft game coming to console. Uh, where where can we go wrong? Yeah, gosh, I was slightly confused by this announcement because I could have sworn that I saw this game released or not released, but. Um, announced for the switch at e3 last year it was announced generally but i don't think i had any consoles attached to it mm, i just mm. in my head i had it down as this was a switch game because i for some reason thought we'd talked about it but yeah. i could well be wrong maybe one of our listeners will remember because they probably have better memories than i do i have a feeling there was another roller derby game um, well maybe that's what i'm thinking of then that was maybe discussed at some point and this is slightly different um but we have mentioned this before or if not this one something similar so yeah i'm kind of with you alistair there's something um reminding me but i have to say that looking at it um (laughs) this could be fun And, and let's face it rocket league has done incredibly well if they can get the multiplayer aspect of this right um, and there aren't that many sports multiplayer games on the Switch that are really worth your time. Uh, Rocket League, I think, is is the number one in terms of the sports stuff um, at the moment. So, yeah, this could this be a kind of competitor, Anton? Um, who knows? Um, but I think one thing to also consider is uh, outside of the kind of having the team-based multiplayer aspect of it, it's been a while since we've had uh, some like high-quality, high-budget um kind of sports like extreme sports like we haven't had a high budget skateboarding game in a while we've hadn't had a high like a tony hawk or a skate or anything like that in a good while so um i think in terms of that if they could expand on maybe even having like points or tricks or having that play into the gameplay it could add an entirely new layer to it to the kind of uh rocket league formula yeah, absolutely. Next up, Rainy Frog have announced Mechorama. Um, well, I say they've announced it. They announced it ages ago, actually. They announced it a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's uh, it's basically it's um, Captain Toad. I mean, let's not let's not say it's a Captain Toad style platformer because it is very much the same vibe. But it's only going to be four ninety nine in dollars, uh, Anton. It's coming March twenty sixth. Absolutely, and uh, I. I really kind of think this would be a great game for like one of those little wee games you pick up on an eShop sale. Um, I think they're asking an entirely appropriate amount for it. And to be honest, for the, the four ninety nine that they're charging for it, um, they could have gotten away with a lot less. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm quite keen on maybe try and pick this up on a sale at some point. Um, how about yourself, Alistair? Does it gel with you at all? I, I am not going to pick it up at all. I'm going to pick up my iPad and download it for free on iOS. <gasps> Scandalous! What? Oh, yeah, they're scandalous. Yeah, it's, a free, it's a free game. I mean, there's probably in-app purchases, but I'm just going to go and play it for free on uh, mobile. I think it's probably free on Google Play Store as well. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes you got to watch that you get it free for a while, but then if you don't like it, you might as well try it for free. I guess if you can. Don't get me wrong; it gets it great rave reviews, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to get it on the Switch because um, no, 
It's free well, elsewhere. Uh, yeah, but well, we'll have to check and see if the whole game is free, of course, because it, it, sometimes it's free, but then to unlock the remainder of the game is four ninety nine, four ninety nine anyway. So um, just double check that. But definitely, if you want to have a go of it, then I think Alistair's suggestion will make absolute sense. Next up is a game from Fire Sprite Games. It's called The Persistence. It's coming to the Switch. It's a roguelike sci-fi horror game uh, coming out summer 2020. Interesting, it's um, roguelike kind of vibe, uh, Anton. So, um, I mean, it looks, it gives me, it reminds me of kind of Alien and that kind of, uh, and even some of the kind of Doom type games, but in space, there's a couple other titles and I forget the names of them now from years gone by. Um, what's that? Was one in the Xbox 360 that I played Fear or something like that? Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't something like that anyway. But yes, it gives me those kind of vibes. But um, is it got is it procedurally gen- generated? Is that how it works? Yes, I, I'm not entirely sure. They they did describe it uh, in their press release as having rogue being like roguelike uh, in ways. But um, I know originally hmm. this was a PlayStation VR title, uh, Calv. Oh, one of the sense. more well-reviewed in terms of its horror elements and having uh, been content content full, as a lot of VR games are a little bit light on that regard. But uh, we're getting on Switch. Sadly, no Labo VR support. But uh, at the end of the day, we're getting a, a good another first-person shooter, which uh, we're, we're slowly building up our library of, but still, uh, we don't have the largest selection of high-quality ones. No. Um, what about this one, uh, Alistair? Well, I was going to add in, I, I can um, answer your question. Yes, the, it is procedurally generated. So each time you yeah. play through, it's a different sort of, a different layout. Stages just yeah. uh, generated each time. Um, and effectively, apparently, you, you live, die, repeat. Uh, and each clone that you inhibit, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger until I presume you complete the game. Hmm. Oh, that sounds okay. like it's well, going to ruin my re- life, known rogue legacy. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, if you get addicted, then, you know, at least you know you're going to get plenty of uh, content with it. Uh, Next up, Salt Castle Studios have announced Chapeau, a hat-based Flora's Lava-style party game about about bouncing off people's heads to make it as far as possible. Um, This, I think, is if it's priced right, could be a lot of fun as a multiplayer, Alistair. (laughs) Well, you know me. I love a good multiplayer. Uh, Multiplayers are one of the best things about the Switch because it's wholeheartedly embraced them. Uh, and I have spent many, many, many hours with many, many, many groups of friends playing ridiculously stupid games that they probably wouldn't normally play. And this looks yeah. like it's going to get added to that roster. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Anton, what about you? Yeah, it very much reminds me of that. Uh, remember the Mexican shooter game that we had recently where it's kind of uh, making people's limbs bigger and all that stuff? Oh, yeah, I've uh, got that. Um, oh, yeah, um, I forget uh, the name of it. Well, you have to make the head smaller to hit the body, or the indeed, more you yes. shoot them, the head gets the, the more you survive, your your head gets smaller to make it a harder target to hit. I think that's how it works. Exactly, but uh, <laughs> that game that we don't know the name of, it remember. very much reminds me of that, and I, I think very much could be fun. I'm hoping it has uh, a good amount of depth because uh, it does have like as a co-op party game. It's three D. It's got like a nice sized world. It looks premium. And it's exciting to see, and I'm kind of curious. It would have yeah. made a, a great uh, chappy spin-off from Mario Odyssey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, exactly. That could have been fun. But it does look good, so check that out when it um, arrives. It's not out yet, though. Polygon Art have announced Beyond Enemy Lines Covert Operations. It's a classic Medal of Honor-style uh, first-person shooter. But, Anton, my big problem with this is, honestly, if I ran this on my PlayStation 2 now, I'd be like, meh, it's all right. 
it's all right graphically for a PlayStation 2. It just, uh, I don't know if that's what they're going for, but it just feels very dated. Yeah, I think um, dreams were smaller than their budget and yeah. uh, it were bigger than their budgets and very much very rough around the edges. It's a sequel to uh, Beyond, uh, the first Beyond Enemy Lines game, which I believe got incredibly panned for being just, a very dated and poor game. But Yeah, uh, it just looks so... I mean, I really, really want a game like this to, that I really like, but I don't think this is going to be it, Alistair. I think I can sum up my opinion on this by going, eh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even eh for me. This is the problem, because I just think it's just... Like, I like retro, but are it doesn't look retro. Are you actually angry about its existence? I get the impression you're giving off anger right now. I'm slightly annoyed about it just because I love retro and that's not retro. This is just done in a way that isn't anything like modern. I'm just like, you know what? Why not wait and release your next game and just put a bit more effort into that one instead? I'm not oh, I'm not a fan of it. I, I'm so excited for like five years from now when the PS2 becomes retro and it's like, oh, this was like a cult classic. I know. Time we missed out. We were all too busy getting our polo getting site for Polygon games of the PlayStation 1 era. PS2 is where it's at. <laughs> you might be right. You might be onto something. Next up, Ultimate Games have announced Pooplers. It's a four-player coach co-op game about pooping for territory control. And it's coming out on the 20th of March, so just a few days to go. Alistair, for some reason, the fact that you're combining a poop-related game and a co-op game seems like something that you're going to be wanting to get. I mean, have you guys watched the trailer for it? <laughs> yeah, Indeed. I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, a, you're basically babies crawling around very colourful landscapes, leaving trail behind you, let's put it that way, for territory. I mean, I, I, who came up with this idea? I love it. I absolutely love it. I reckon they played <laughs> Astro Bears. I think they played Astro Bears, or, or a Splatoon and Astro Bears, those, those two games. They're, they're, cause it the feels levels a bit like... are so ex- extravagant. They're, it's amazing. <laughs> It's only £8 as well on the store, so it's a decent price, um, which I think is one that might, you know, push it. And I can imagine if we were having a games night, Alistair, at some point in the future, we might go, ah, let's just go, let's go and get that Pooplers game. That looks fun. Um, I love the tagline, Poop with Friends, Anton. You know, isn't isn't that every communal bathroom? But nevertheless, <laughs> I, I, I'm generally quite keen on this game because I, I love Splatoon. And it's one of my favourite kind of, uh, Nintendo Switch games, but... The issue in that regard is that it doesn't have couch co-op, it doesn't have split screen, and it's also like £45 for a multiplayer game, which is, uh, for many people, they're not going to commit their life to the online aspects about much to ask, so this very much offers a very similar territory control gameplay, which I think makes Splatoon so accessible and fun and kind of light-hearted, but in a a kind of more pocket-sized format, shall we say. Yeah, definitely interested to get my hands on poop blurs um, <laughs> at some point in the future. Uh, next up, Night Dive Studios have announced Blade Runner Enhanced Edition. It's a remake of the 1997 point-and-click game. And I'm kind of excited about this one, Anton. Yeah, it's they, they've only showed off a screenshot, but from that screenshot, it looks quite good. Uh, the original yeah. 1997 game was incredible. Incredibly well regarded, I believe, from uh, from memory. But uh, I, I'm very much the... I haven't seen Blade Runner. Uh, I'm not the most point-and-click game, so it isn't particularly up my alley to say, but uh, has this got anybody's name written all over it? Uh, um, well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, uh, have you seen them, Mike, the Blade Runner movies? 
Um, no, but they are up my street and I will watch them if this, you know, depending on, uh, well, I will at some point watch them, basically. So, yes, I, this this is the kind of game, I mean, I like that kind of cyberpunk, futuresque kind of vibe, you know, and, um, and yeah, I mean, as far as I know, the, the trailer that's on this one at the moment, it's, it's not showing the remastered version of it yet. Um, they're just kind of showing, you know, where the game was at and where they're going. Um, there's a game on the Switch called State of Mind, which I've finished, um, that has a similar vibe to this. It's kind of, you know, futuristic, kind of a sci-fi adventure puzzle game, but with point and click elements to it. Um, that's got, um, this has got a similar vibe to it in terms of the look um, and depending on where they go with the remastered bit. But yeah, I think this would be something I would be keen on. Again, it depends on the price point, though, Alistair. If it's like 40 quid, probably not. See, I, the, the movies are great. I mean, there's there's no denying it. I don't think anybody would say they weren't. The movies are absolutely fantastic. But what makes them really is the direction and the world it's created. It's all... It, they are beautiful and brilliant movies. I, mm-hmm. I've, I need to go and find a review of the original game to find out whether it translated well. Because I'm not entirely sure it would translate into a great game unless it's done incredibly well. The fact they're they're um, updating it is either because it was great and they can bring it to a new audience, or because there was a new Blade Runner movie was it last year. They're still trying to cash in on it while it's still got well, some kudos. I can tell you from the original game that it was well reviewed. It was actually really well well reviewed in um, back in in the sort of release time. In fact, from RPG fan at the time, it received a ninety three percent. Adventure gamers gave it four and a half at five. Um, I think the lowest one it got was from GameSpot, who gave it a 6 out of 10. But overall, if you aggregate all the scores, it was at 77%. So, so well, it was well well regarded. So, uh, you know... Um, Want to watch them. Yeah. yeah. Now, imagine if the, as you see, Al Circle, if the, the world they built was uh, one of the, the fantastic things of the original film, uh, I imagine there, there'll be plenty of people hoping to kind of explore every nook and cranny of it in a point and click yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, right, I'm going to fire through a few more of these in a row here and then I'm going to come to you for some comment on some of them just because there's quite a lot of extra little bits here now to go through that are maybe not such um, so much about games coming out, but bits of news. So I'm going to go through some of these um, and then I'll get you to jump on any point that you wish. So I'll go through the next few uh, topics. Uh, so Smash World Tour 2020 is going to have a prize of $250,000. It's running from the 17th to the 20th of December. Uh, uh, none of us are going to be winning that, but uh, amazing if you are uh, at that level and uh, an amazing prize. Uh, Plague Inc. has been banned in China and obviously that is related to the recent coronavirus outbreak. We'll get your thoughts on that in a minute. Keyboard Gigi have announced the EdgeGuard adapter, which is an adapter which allows you to use a keyboard on a Nintendo Switch. And then another one, and then we'll get your thoughts on these. Platinum Games have shared that they didn't do the wonderful 101 Kickstarter to raise funds. Rather, it was more about gauging interest. Anton, anything you want to pick up on those? Um, Yes. Uh, So the keyboard Gigi, uh, the EdgeGuard adapter, I'm kind of interested in it where it could maybe go in a model two so right now it's kind of targeted at kind of, kind of esports players that kind of need pinpoint control uh very directness to it and kind of the ability basically to buy your 400 pound keyboard and use it to win a smash tournament but i, I find it a real shame that sadly at this point it doesn't have mouse support which uh that that, that would be the dream to place like let's say splatoon with a 
a mouse and keyboard. <laughs> I was thinking football manager with a mouse would be brilliant. But anyway, Al Sturf, what about you? What, what would you like to pick up on those? Well, uh, still talking about there? that whole keyboard thing. I get wanting to have keyboard and mouse, and I get wanting a mouse. What use is just a keyboard on its own on the Switch, other than slightly faster being able to type into the search box in the eShop? Ah, uh, no, no, keyboard, you see, it's all about the multiplayers, isn't it, Anton? Yeah. It's all about the extra control over things that you can only do if you have a keyboard. It's like the PC pro gaming type people, yeah, right? Yeah, it's uh, very much like the, the video I saw of it. It's like they have a compatible, like a software to go alongside it where you can go ahead and basically macro you know, your entire life down and have like five keys mapped to a single button and very much kind of being able to have like, because with PC keyboards, you do have people that'll go out and build like a thousand pound keyboards where you can buy like the individual switches and the stems. And uh, I think it's just very particular people. Those people, they're all playing PC games. Why would they buy this for a Switch? I don't quite get what that market is. Yeah. Why they've done it. I think, uh, well, I get yeah, I was going to say, I think I, I kind of agree with you, to be honest, Alistair, but I think maybe that's what they're trying to sort of see, you know, is this, because it's an adapter as well, remember, so it's not it's not a keyboard as such itself, it's just to allow you to use it. Um, so these people already have the setup, so maybe it's to give them the option that, you know, if they're travelling or whatever, they could go and take their system with them, you know, Might, then they don't miss a tournament, Anton. That's what a gaming <laughs> PC is all about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, very similarly, I think... It'll probably just be for people who are really wanting to get up to the pro level with the few select Nintendo esports titles, whether it be Splatoon or Smash. Uh, yeah. yeah, not for everyone. Anything else you Anything else you want to comment, Alistair, on those few titles there before we move on? No, no, no. Feel free, carry on. Cool. All right, next up, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Roguelike stretch goal has been replaced with a randomizer mode. Uh, on Kickstarter, Better Digi have successfully funded and announced Dongi, that's D-O-N-G-I-I, the smallest switch dock yet. I did see this, I'll maybe mention this in a minute. Small enough to be used as a standalone Bluetooth adapter for Switch and USB-C to USB-A adapter for laptops. And Nintendo of America's product lead Katie Casper and co-host of the Nindies presenter have resigned from their position at Nintendo after nine years. That's because they're fed up waiting for another direct, I reckon. Uh, Miyamoto has said the Nintendo uh, works to have their image come across as peace of mind rather than childish. And then finally, the big one, um, which I know you'll all have seen, is that E3 2020 is cancelled. Uh, Alistair, your thoughts on those news stories there? Well, I think the biggest one there probably is obviously E3 being cancelled. But at the same time, although it's probably the biggest story, it's also probably the least um, surprising story, given the fact that all major things in the world at the moment are being cancelled. But I'm intrigued to know if that's going to have any knock-on effect for the games industry as a whole. Because E3 could pretty much be replaced by Nintendo Direct-style things, and largely they are being replaced by Nintendo Direct-style things. So is E3 still relevant? Yeah, I think E3 probably isn't as relevant anyway as it was and I think some people are suggesting Anton that maybe this is a bit of an out for the organisers that's why they've got in there early with this announcement because in all honesty E3 isn't as relevant as it used to be and this is the kind of way of doing it without making it look like hey we're not relevant anymore yeah and kind of the E3 isn't a, a standardised like a standalone organisation so I think for their parent company um, having a, a kind of soft way to end their one of their biggest conferences uh, that's kind of slowly d- diminishing in size, I think kind of doing it this way and maybe not returning next year seems entirely probable. And outside of yeah. that, 
I think a lot of the big parties we still got left, like Microsoft, I honestly think they were just sticking around for, you know, being the only voice at E3 when they have a new console announced and then going to be dipping afterwards in the next couple of years. So I think it's going to force yeah. a lot of the companies to either do their own kind of EA Play or go fully digital like the State of Plays and Nintendo Directs of the world. Yeah, we'll keep it... Keep an eye on that and, and definitely check out the donkey, by the way, because um, it uh, we need a small dock for traveling. When I mean, the dock isn't too bad, but if you're you know doing a hand luggage thing, this is really small. I've got uh, big hopes for such a small device, so keep an eye on that <laughs> one. I'm interested in that one as it as we get more information. Uh, next up, Mike. Did what did you, did you have any um, thoughts on the uh, peace of mind comment on logo? I mean, what do you think, Nintendo? What do you think? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I I do still think childlike, but not. But I think eternal childlike, ch- eternal childhood. Does that make sense? It's kind of the way I view it. Because remember, a, a couple of episodes ago, I think I was talking about when I moved off Nintendo to Sony and Microsoft, and when you were a teenager, like yeah, well, yeah, I just thought Nintendo was just yeah, it's for kids, yeah. and now come back to it uh, as an adult, and going actually, you know what, this is really nice, and actually, it is comforting. And actually, I thought his comment was insightful and spot on. Yeah, it certainly yeah. has, has chimed with my experience of Nintendo throughout my life. Yeah, yeah. I find that I very much similarly agree that there is a a thin line that needs to be walked because I, I I know especially during the Wii U moments, I think it was when I played that Yoshi's Woolly World, and it's like basically impossible to die. And I was just sitting there, I was like, where where's the lines between having something be child friendly and uh, having something for a literal baby to play? And uh, I feel like throughout Nintendo's portfolio, they're actually really good at striking that balance. So, I think they're great at it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something they do really well. And um, and probably one of the reasons that it has lasted so long, you know, we're playing Nintendo as kids and now we're playing Nintendo as very much grown adults. So, um, And we know that from our podcast. We know from our listeners that we have a very varied age range. Um, and I think that's... That's a great thing. So, yeah, I think I can kind of understand where he's coming from with the peace of mind thing. It does make sense, although I still think eternal childhood. But then that is kind of peace of mind, isn't it? It's kind of comforting and all those things. So, um, anyway, let's move on to some more news items. Microsoft and Nintendo are going to attend uh, Gamecom. Uh, obviously, at the moment, everything is subject to change day on day. And uh, Nintendo have introduced new work from home policies for staff in California and Washington to due to COVID-19. Wii U is getting two more physical games on the 15th and 17th of April, of April 2020. I know we didn't think that was going to happen either. Finding Teddy 2, the definitive edition and the Shmup collection for €30 Euros each. Uh, a couple more and then we'll talk about these. Uh, the Outer Worlds is going to have font scaling on the Switch to help you optimise the game on how you'd like to play. Doom 64 is going to include an entire additional chapter not seen in the original and it's still going to be very cheap. And Doom Eternal will feature character skins for the Doom Slayer. Anything briefly you want to pick up on those, Al- Alistair? I mean, gosh, there's just so much to talk about in these last few episodes. So I'm going to restrict myself and I'm only going to say I love the fact that Wii U is still getting games. Yeah, uh, yeah. I agree on that. As, Alistair, uh, yeah, uh, Anton even? Somebody who's going for the complete collection. I'm a little bit gutted because <laughs> I broke my phone earlier in the month and I don't have the funds for it. I'm like, these are going <laughs> to go rare. I know it and I'm gutted by it because I can't afford it. But I'll say of that, the Outer, the Outer Worlds font scaling, we need that in every game. Like, as somebody who kind of jumps between having a fairly large TV and then playing it on the 6-inch touchscreen just it's, sometimes you just struggle to get like the games are either too big or too small on each of the platforms so being able yeah. to just control the the ui almost is wonderful 
Yeah, and it's uh, encouraging that they're going to go to that kind of depth with the Switch port as well, which is good. Uh, next up, uh, this was the one that I would mention right at the start of the show. Uh, we'll just talk about this briefly on its own. Lego Super Mario <laughs> is announced. Now, um, as you will have probably been aware, I don't know if you spotted it, but at the on the original announcement, it said, uh, as you will have seen at the recent Nintendo Direct, and of course, we have <laughs> had a Nintendo Direct. So um, that's thrown up all sorts of rumours. Um, but... But um, on Lego Super Mario, uh, Alistair, that, come on, that's got to be fun. It's putting my two favourite things together in the whole world. Nintendo yeah. and Mario. I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. But... Lego and Mario, even. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I mean. But the, if, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, beyond hope, there's a bit that they've not announced yet. Because having um, Lego Mario, awesome, but I want to be able to play on my Switch Lego Mario. Mm. Yeah. How yeah. cool would it be to play a Mario game, but it was a Lego game? It would just be meta and mind-blowing, and I'd be a very, very happy chap. But yeah, I'm de- definitely going to be buying some, uh, some Mario-shaped Lego. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the game for me, I just wonder if that's coming, uh, Anton. You know, I find it interesting where, obviously, as you mentioned, we had the, the game announcement webpage where they, they're like, yeah, I've seen it in the most recent Direct. <laughs> and... Uh, this, when they announced this Lego Mario, they just showcased the logo for Mario Day, uh, March 10th. And everybody was like, oh my god, I want a game. And then all of a sudden this trailer dropped out of anywhere. So I'm kind of curious that there, there's definitely no game in the pipeline. And because everybody instantly presumed it would be a game rather than a Lego set, they're like, oh, oh uh, let's get the video out there. Let's scratch that rumor before it gets too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think there was a bit of damage limitation just to kind of control the expectation. But I do think the direct. Um, I think we are in weird times at the moment, obviously with everything else that's going on. But um, I don't see that necessarily stopping a direct happening at some point um, s- uh, soon. And I think that we probably would have had one in, in different circumstances. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, next up, the Coral Nintendo Switch, as in the the Coral version of it, is coming to Europe on the 24th of April. Looks great. Can't wait for that. Ubisoft and Square Enix are considering a direct-like presentation. That's because they're fed up waiting for the direct. Uh, a Levi's X, uh, sorry, a Levi's and Mario colla- uh, collaboration is coming out on the first of April. Is Mario going to be in jeans? I'll, I'll get Anton's thoughts on that in a minute. Nintendo have won a lawsuit with Game Vice. Stranger's Wrath is getting a physical release on the twenty eighth of April as a limited edition. I know that Anton's going to f- really want to get that, but probably won't. But he really wants to. Platinum Games Project GG will be there for to use the next gen engine and then finally uh, a weird story that I saw at the end of this week which is that Twitch has beaten Breath of the Wild Anton your thoughts on something from all that because there's a lot there oh I'm so sorry Uh, yes (laughs) uh, the Levi's collaboration uh, looks quite wonderful they've showcased I believe a couple of designs right now Uh, they've got a pair of jeans that have like the coins going out of the pockets and kind of (laughs) tons of random fun stuff Um, and of course, Stranger's Wrath, I think packaging it as a limited edition could help really justify the overpriced cost of it if they do it not too high. If they just price it for the same as the digital or maybe a five or more, uh, yeah. it could really soften the blow of them charging so much. But uh, yeah, what, what's your, your thought on the, the Twitch Beats Breath of the Wild, Al? I was going to ask you what it was. Well, oh. What is it? I've missed this. Yeah, it so sounds important. They've, they've, did you ever see the Twitch Beats Pokemon a couple years back? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, so basically the 
kill a player set up an algorithm and they live streamed the game to Twitch. And then people in the chat could basically type in the name of the button they want to be pressed. And then it would basically interact with the game itself. So uh, everybody kind of needs to work together to get through the levels. So uh, everybody would need to say walk one, walk one, walk one, jump, etc. And kind of uh, basically coordinate how to get through the game. Okay, well, that's, that's an interesting concept, I guess. I mean, I'm depressed about the fact that Twitch beat Breath of the Wild before I did, but I mean, even still, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, it's um, slightly depressing. Nonetheless, um, it's it's interesting where I'm so glad Game Vice lost that lawsuit with Nintendo. Like, it, it really seemed like a bit of a stretch, if you remember the peripheral they were putting out. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah but um, nonetheless. Well. Okay, and I'm, we'll just, look uh, I'm, I'm just like the Project GG's going to have a new engine because Project GG did look interesting. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll look at, we'll be getting more on that very soon, I would imagine, in future episodes. Right, let's move on to this week's rumours. No, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... So, after being pulled from sales in 2013, DuckTales Remastered has returned to PS3, Xbox 360, Xbox One, with backwards compatibility, obviously, Wii U and Steam, and people are suspecting with this new effort we could see the game ported to newer systems. Uh, it would make sense, Anton, if they've gone to all this effort, why would they not? Absolutely, and I think considering uh, Disney's involvement with gaming as of late with the... Considering they're comfortable porting the old Genesis and Mega Drive and SNES games uh, with the Lion King and Aladdin, uh, I think this game, which looks fairly contemporary and still holds up fairly well, uh, would make a, a marvellous fit on the newer consoles. Yeah. Uh, do you remember playing DuckTales, Alistair? I do. I have very, very fond memories of playing it. Uh, and apparently it has actually been... Oh, no. I was going to say it has... I've reading things as we go. I was about to get really excited because I thought it had been announced on Switch, but no, it was uh, the old announcement that was released in 2013 on Wii U. <laughs> oh, OK. Uh. Um, but I still think it will happen. I think that's going to be one that might be... a. I can imagine this being in a, in a direct as one of the extra announcements near the end, perhaps. In fact, so. I can sing the, all the words to the theme song. Really? Oh, okay. I'm not going to, but I can. <laughs> My favourite one is from the DuckTales, the DuckTales movie with the, um, um, the uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople song. Do you remember that one? I do. I've got the DVD downstairs, Mike. You and I can sit do there you? and watch DuckTales movie sometime. Excellent. Well, that was actually by, by the song They Might Be Giants. You know the ones that did... Um, and put a little birdhouse in your soul in the 80s. It's the same band that sang that. So there you are. There's your little fact for the day for the next pub quiz. Uh, next up, a direct was cancelled or delayed. This is a rumour uh, in the retailer's game announcements webpage. They discussed Lego Super Mario. They refer to it as being announced at a direct. So we've kind of covered that. But um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, we you know for the last few months, all we've done is get annoyed at Nintendo for not uh, doing a direct. I think at the moment we can cut them some slack given the current... Uh, situation worldwide so we'll, we'll hold off but having said that there's no reason Alistair that they couldn't do it and in fact to be honest given all the bad news that's happening at the moment it might be quite a positive thing yeah it'd be a welcome bit of relief and to be honest I, I suspect it's been recorded it's just a question of hit go and yeah. while the entire world is locked up um, effectively and is wanting to kind of entertain themselves putting in direct out is maybe not a bad idea of the captive audience I agree. Yeah. Uh, and, Anton? Uh, I'm sure they've got a stockpile of news after uh, the 100 and, <laughs> what, we must be up to 180 days these days. It's It's been a good while. 
Yeah, absolutely. Next up, the band Death Set have posted to Facebook that they've licensed five new songs to a Tony Hawk 2020 game. Just a very quick yes or no. Do you want a new Tony Hawk game, Anton? Yes, it's been a while. And as well as that, they seem to be not making skate games anymore. So uh, the floor is open, shall we say. Yeah, Alistair? I'm a yes as well, but make a good one because there have been quite a few rubbish ones in the past. And can we have some of the soundtrack from the very first one, please? That would be my yes, suggestion. that would be great. Give us- Give us some Blink 182 and who else do we have on there? We had, um, oh, it's been a while. But all that kind well, of Motorheads and all the good stuff. Just, yeah, bring back the 2001. Retro. Really good. Uh, verified Twitter user Jeff Grubb has tweeted the Direct is in the final stages of putting the video presentation together. Nintendo is deep in the process of putting the event together based on what we've heard. It's decided on many of the third-party games it will include in the event. So it's definitely happening and almost certainly before the end of March. Apparently a Direct is targeted for the 26th of March. Uh, You'll know because we'll be doing an episode on that and I can pretty much categorically tell you we'll be doing an episode because we're all going to be in our houses. So you'll you'll definitely get an episode at some point when uh, when that comes. And um, yeah, uh, I think we are all ready for it, yes? Yep. Yes. uh, I think considering the recent events of the game leak uh, it seems incredibly probably that there is some mark of aid right very soon and yes uh, we definitely don't want to miss this one this one's going to be the direct i think I think it'll be before the end of March, I must admit. I would be very surprised if it's not. Um okay, let's move on then to the quiz. Yes, this is quiz time again. So uh, for anyone who's not heard it before, each week I challenge my fellow gamers to find the real game from a list of three. Two of them are fake, and in fact, they are two fake ones this week. One is real. There have been some very weird and wacky games over the years, so let's see how you guys get on. Um, There is a bit of a theme this week. I'm not going to bother telling you what it is because it'll become patently obvious as we go through. So let's kick off with game number one. The year is 1993. The format is PC. It's a point-and-click adventure following the instructions of a fortune teller. Some fortunes are correct, some are wrong, and you have to navigate your way through to complete the story. Got it? Indeed. Yes. Are we looking for one real game One real, two fake. All righty. Okay. 1992, Mega Drive, 2D platformer, playing a strong man, working through various theme levels to taking on the fight, uh, sorry, taking the fight to possessed circus acts to defeat a disgruntled lion using mind control devices. Okay. (laughs) And uh, the final game, 1993 again, on the SNES, a 2D platformer playing an acrobatic bat through multiple levels to defeat an evil industrialist who's kidnapped all the circus performers. There you go. Three circus-related games. One of them is real. Two of them are completely made up, which is a real one. And uh, if I consult my notes from last time, I'll see who actually went first, which I should probably have done before embarking on this quiz. Uh, let's see. Quiz last time was when Mike went first, so Anton, go first. All righty. Um, uh, I, I don't feel like we had many point and clicks. Like, we would have been... The Amiga and the Atari ST would have still been popular, so I'm going platformer this route. And I think the inclusions of animals in the second game makes me believe it's real, because uh, everybody loved animals during the, the Mega Drive era for some reason. So, so is that game three? Game two. Game two. 1992 Mega Drive. Okay. Mike, over to you. Okay, uh, recap number three for me, Alistair. Uh, number three was 1993, and it was on the SNES, a 2D platformer playing an acrobatic bat through multiple levels to defeat an evil industrialist who's kidnapped all the circus performers. Oh, this is hard. I think the point and click 
thing was my first instinct, but I think um, Anton raises a valid point in that it was well, very early no. for point quick. <laughs> so thanks, Anton. Um, I will go for... I'm actually going to go for the, the SNES game, actually. Okay, so we've got a nice spread. Well, next, yeah. let's start with the PC game, which was entirely made up. Yes, it, it did not exist. Actually, I'm intrigued to see when things like... Um, was it Day of the Tentacle came out? I'm going to do a quick Google. Forgive my typing. I think they were yeah. about 93, 94. Yeah. I think they were slightly yeah, after. Yeah, because I, I had in my head they were around about that era. And uh, yeah, 1993. So that was yeah. where I came up with that one. I thought, yeah, that, that chimes. Yeah. But it was entirely made up. So yeah, the question I, I think is, there was limited there was limited point and clicks in comparison to a couple of years later. So yeah, I can get where Anton's with. So thank you, Anton, for helping ah, me. No out worries. We're all in this together. <laughs> so I guess who's right? Is it Anton or is it Mike? Yeah. I can tell you the real game... Uh, was called Aero the Acrobat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, Mike, Mike, you win the point this week. Oh, wow. Uh, I actually you, won you for do. once. You won. So, uh, Aero on... the Acrobat it was on SNES. It was also on the Genesis as well. Yeah, okay. So, it made the Mega Drive too. Um, interesting, because the only reason I went for that one is that it, the premise was simpler. And I thought... Um, I thought usually you add a twist. You know, if it was me making up games, I'd, I would add I would add a twist. And I think, yeah, okay, there, there is a twist in that, but there's more of a twist in the in the other game you mentioned. So I've gone, I went for that one. So yeah. Oh, see, I thought it was uh, I thought you were alluding to a Batman game, and I was like, hmm, there, there's no acrobatics in a Batman game. It was just because <laughs> you mentioned the bat and went on a downward spiral. Acrobatman. Exactly. Apparently, it was actually it was a very good game. You're like, well, but, and I have a vague recollection of it coming out because the box art is really, really familiar. I uh, yeah. I may even have owned the game on the SNES, but I'm not entirely sure. What was I'm, the name I'm of that looking game? Sorry? It up. Aero the Acrobat. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm now having a look. It does, yeah, it does kind of ring a bell for me, although I never had a SNES back then. But um, yeah, that looks kind of familiar. Very um, of the time, I would yeah. say. If any so. of our uh, listeners played it, let us know if it's worth trying to dig out a yes. copy in the past. Definitely. Um, listen, that is it for this week's episode, episode 56. We hope everyone is um, keeping well and keeping safe and all the rest of it. And of course, remember, if you do want to check out more content, uh, nsuk.co.uk, get all the details there about our Patreon. In the meantime, if you haven't left us a review and you would like to, we love reviews. And you can review us on uh, iTunes is probably the best place or, or Apple Podcasts, as it's called now. Uh, we're up to 50 five-star reviews. Um, and we've got lots of those that are actually written reviews, which are lovely. We'll always read them out too. So thank you very much I think we had um, maybe it was the week before last we had someone new uh, join us in the Patreon as well but we'll double check that and give them a mention in the next episode because I'm not sure without checking that as well um, and in the meantime remember get us from all the usual download places and things uh, Alistair people can get in touch with you on email they can please do email podcast at nsukp.co.uk I'm in self-isolation because I coughed once uh, and so yeah keep me company drop me some emails yeah, Anton, anything to add? Um, yeah, um, I think that's basically a full jam. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'd love to see you on the the Patreon. We've got our lovely Discord chat on there. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that, recently. feel free to tweet us, tweet at us at NSUK Podcast. And uh, yeah, we're always happy for a chat, regardless of where it may be. Yeah, absolutely. Until next week, uh, have a fantastic week. Stay safe and all the rest of it as well. And we'll see you next time. Cheerio. Au revoir.